queued up. Damn it, Marshall. New is always better. Challenge accepted. I'm not the blitz. You want to hit this sandwich? Damn, maybe it'd be cool. Can we go camping? Okay, hi everyone. Uh, welcome to the re-return. This is Lear. And this is Aaron. We are two huge How I Met Your Mother fans and two huge television fans in general. We are going through and re-watching the entire series episode by episode and discussing them episode by episode. How things tie in, how things don't tie in, how much we love the finale, and why the internet is wrong. And today we're talking about Purple Giraffe. Which quickly, to talk about the plot, is an episode in which Ted, like an asshole, throws three parties in order to casually meet up with Robin, who he's in love with, and there's a whole... But that's like the main thrust of the episode. In Ted's defense, he didn't throw three parties. He threw one party that lasted three days and ruined everyone's life for three Did he throw one party? I think it was three. <laughs> He just sold it as one party. Perception, that's all that matters. Sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> so, how much of a stalker is Ted right now? Um, I mean, he's basically going full boil. Like, full, full boil. I think this is the first time we meet, like, hateable Ted. Like, Ted just being crazy and awful. Yeah, I remember in my younger college days thinking, Oh, that's not that bad. Oh, that's kind of, you know, almost sitcom-y, rom-com, romantic. No, no, that's just creepy. It's so creepy. It's just weird. It's so weird. Like, Do you want to explain Full Boil to our fans that might not be Brooklyn Nine-Nine fans? Yes! Okay, um, so Boyle is a character on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and in the first season he's in, um, he's in love with Rosa, who is a fellow detective. And the AV Club, if you want to go look it up, um, wrote an article about why going full boil is not a great idea. Because he's basically very... It, it, it comes off as very sweet, but also if you flip the switch and look at it from Rose's, pers Rose's perspective, he's stalking and harassing the shit out of her. Um, and I think it's something that the show, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, very quickly, like, got a handle on and was like hey <laughs> so they course corrected i thought at least um maybe a little t like a little later than i would have liked um but it's basically the overwhelming obsession with a woman that with like with attention that is maybe not completely wanted so ted i think is almost the you know considering how i met your mother predates brooklyn 99 by quite a few years you know you could say that he's the originator of the full boil who is just all in and willing to do weird, crazy stuff to get the attention of a woman, which is basically the entire series. Yeah, it's just weird. I mean, and, and shows before that dealt with it, you know, with characters a little too into someone. Fine, I'll date you, you finally won. But usually that's not as, you know, not the entire concept. Right, and honestly... Which is go where ahead. we're at. Yeah, I mean, and... It's, a, it's very much a construct of television and narrative and not something that actually, I think, happens in the real world. If someone wears you down to the point that you're like, fine, I'm going to date you, um, I don't think that relationship is going to last very long. And also, 
there's probably some abusing or like at least some serious harassment issues that maybe you might want to consider a restraining order. Mm-hmm. Um, Bingo. And so Ted is in very Ted-like fashion, I think, displaying some disturbing behavior. Lily even calls him out on it. You know, you'll be the most casual stalker ever. And she's joking. But is she? (laughs) Lily knows Ted. Lily has known Ted for a long time. As we'll find out, Lily has been the puppet master in Ted's relationships. It's true. Uh, She probably is joking a little bit. But anyone else could have made that statement and been absolutely... I don't know. Um, I think it also is one of the, you know, they don't really, I mean, obviously the the dabbler Dommler theory doesn't show up until S- Jeanette shows up in season six, season seven, uh, eight, eight, season eight. Um, so dabbler Dom- Ted's last mistake, right? Ted's last mistake. Is it a D- dabbler or Dahmer? Is Am I saying that right? Dobbler. Dobbler or Dahmer. But it depends on the recipient. Obviously, Robin is into this even though maybe she shouldn't be. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she likes Ted, and she wants to think the best of Ted, but she's thinking with her rational mind, as she explains at the end of the episode, that, you know, I feel like I either have to break your heart now or break your heart in three years. Which she does. I mean, yeah. I mean... Multiple times. that's, That's the thing with How I Met Your Mother. She did everything she said she was going to do. You know, she she did both sides of it. She did break his heart, but she also married him. Well, we or don't know we're assuming they get married. Yeah, I don't know that they get married. Really? I don't know. I mean, they certainly, I think they get back together at the end. I don't know that they get married. Mm, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. A whole other thing. <laughs> right, we'll get to that. Know. But, I mean, I think, I mean, Robin, you know, straight up says that, you know, I like you, I think you're sweet, but... You know, she feels this, you know, he's putting, he's going full boil. He's putting so much pressure on this relationship because he is looking at her like, let's fall in love and let's have children and let's get married. And that can be very intense, especially if, you know, you've only met a guy for, you know, you've known a guy for a week and it's crazy. Did we even talk about the Mosby in the last episode? No. We just kind of glanced over that, didn't we? Yeah, a little bit. Which I guess anyone... That has seen any episode of How I Met Your Mother ever. I'd imagine they know enough to know that Ted fell in love with Robin and told as soon as they met. Like, you can't do that. Um, and we probably just kind of glanced over it because it was so obvious. But it really goes along with this. We, we know from the start Ted is all in. To a creepy level. Yeah. Like, if, if there wasn't, like, bright sitcom lights and charming jokes, like, I'm pretty sure we'd be in a Law & Order SVU episode where Robin ends up dead and Ted definitely killed her, but Barney and, and Lily are trying to cover it up. I'd watch that. I mean, I'd watch the shit out of that. But yeah, oh, also, um, I think something to note, and I think will be differentiated eventually when we get to the episode, The Playbook. There's a difference between the Mosby and the Ted Mosby. Um, we originate the Mosby in, in episode two, which is telling a girl I love you <laughs> to make them dump you. There's Ted meaning it, and it, you know, accidentally ruining everything. And then there's Barney doing it to ruin everything. Deliberately. Because yeah. he'll use anything. Very cleverly. Right. 
while we're on that, mm-hmm. um, can we talk about Barney for a second? Of course. We didn't give Barney enough time last week. I think there wasn't a whole lot there yet, but this is the first like real Barney that we get to see. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's certainly, I think, his first, like, hookup. He doesn't hook up with anyone in the first in the first episode. He's trying to hook Ted up. But this is his right. first hookup at the party where he has, like, a play and it kind of backfires on him. I love that it backfires. Me too. It makes him a little more believable, makes him slightly mm-hmm. less creepy, knowing that he's not the perfect, you know, master of persuasion. You know, that he can mm-hmm. screw up and that he can get caught in these things, too. Yeah. Is is nice. I mean, I don't think the show... I mean, the show late... I mean, especially in later seasons when they want to make it slightly more late to come cartoonish, almost, in a way. Like, they yeah. do kind of lean too hard on the Barney is a Machiavellian mastermind who has free reign of the streets of New York and all the women are all over him and... I think in the early episodes, especially, like, they're very involved in cutting Barney down and kind of showing how deluded he is. Right. <laughs> like, his schemes work, but they backfire in many ways. Of course, he turns it around with the Mosby. Right. Um, and gets yeah. his way because he is clever, but he's not so terrible. He just is one of those guys that he has his plays. He thinks that he's God's gift to women. And he's got some these creepy tactics that work, but they don't work that well. No. He's still very human. Yeah. Marshall eventually does the math, and that's just fantastic. I don't think he's more successful than Ted, who, while being creepy, is not, is not dishonest. Like, Ted, at his core, I think is honest about what he wants right. and what, he, what he's looking to get out of people. Your idea that they start to... Um, go toward the cartoonish mm-hmm. also coincides with an increase in what we see at least. Yeah. Because uh, it's very, you know, Barney is hooking up like every few episodes in the beginning. Yeah. And later like, almost we're not, not seeing, seeing him, him, you know, you know betting, betting several women every week. Yeah, we don't see anyone in the first episode. We see him hit on a few women, but mostly trying to help Ted get women with have you met ted because you know not only does he need a wingman he very much prides himself on being the ultimate wingman but in later seasons like many of his plots are very much about what is his scheme to get women this week i would like to posit and maybe i will be eventually proved wrong that the playbook the episode the playbook is kind of the bellwater for this before that they were willing to undercut barney and the brilliance of his schemes but after they come up with the concept of the playbook, they're just all in on Barney's schemes being weirdly successful. I, I think it happened earlier than that. Probably. But what I could pinpoint right now. Yeah, and um, that's fair. But that's certainly a that's certainly a valid point to yeah. shoot for. Um, I mean, something else that they kind of did um, was they would make drug references before How Everyone Met Me, which is when they came up with the concept of sandwiches. Yes. Yeah, in this episode, like, they they make very explicit references to being high. And that's not something that they do post-season, like, early season three when they come up with the concept of sandwiches. So, in a way, like, they do, like, they never say marijuana. (laughs) 
No, um, they don't. But they do say that they like they were high. It's kind of a like almost a, a network standards drug reference. <laughs> you can't say you were smoking pot, but you can say that you were high. You could be high on life. <laughs> but they weren't. Yeah, there's a few things, especially in season one, that they're they're obviously still ironing out where their place is. You know, the kids are, you know, Ted's kids are still talking. Like, they still have new lines for yeah. the first two seasons. You know, then we all know that they pretty much, you know, just filmed some stock footage after mm-hmm. that, and that was it for the rest of the season. Until the finale. Uh, you know, the couch that the kids sit on is different from episode one to episode two. Is it? You know, I didn't yeah. actually look. I know yep, that they there's... Go from- from a like fancy modern couch to this old lady couch oh, for I the rest to look of the at series. It again. Because I know that there's like the kids have two sets of clothing that they use interchangeably throughout the series. I think in one, Penny is wearing a pink sweater. Luke is wearing like a green and white striped polo. And then in the other one, Penny is wearing a dark sweater. Something I, I don't remember what Luke is wearing. Yes, we know the names of of Ted's kids. <laughs> And we're going to use them. We're going to use them. Penny and Luke. Yep. And Tracy's the mother. (laughs) We're going to use names of people because we know their names. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Um, So I think, I I mean, I don't know exactly how they did it. Obviously, we know that at the end of season two, when the kids were kind of getting too old to stay in these roles and they knew they were going to have multiple seasons, they filmed an end and they also filmed a few other things. So, I, but I, I don't know exactly how that played out. I, and I didn't look at the couch. I should look at the couch. So this is something that obviously I would like to talk about. But Robin and her journalism. So what? They, what? I want to talk about this? No way. <laughs> so the impet- one of the impetuses of this episode is that Ted wants to casually run into Robin so he can invite her to this party because he's being weird. So he he stalks Robin by watching the news and trying to figure out where she is reporting live. And when he finally finds her, she's reporting live from a bodega where a kid is stuck in a crane machine. Because kids are dumb. Kids are so dumb. He had climbed up into it and they couldn't get him out. And she's very derisive of this story. She's just like, it's so cute of you to call it news. And... You know, she very clearly wants to be doing serious reporting. How long had she been working for Metro News 1 at this point? Okay. Okay, so th- we'll talk about this a little later, but in the finale, she says that she moved to New York for this job in April. Let's say... So she's been doing this for a few months. Yeah, a few months. Okay. And we know from other episodes that she was a reporter in Canada. Like when yes. she Yes. So she, so she did do some broadcast in Canada. But this is her first big market job. Right. I think she's working for like a local Fox or CW affiliate. Like that would be the equivalent in our world. Obviously, it's not a real thing in New York. But she's doing, you know, she she says in the pilot, she does these fluff pieces at the end of the news, which quite frankly is where you would start. <laughs> you know, that, that's kind of how, you know, journalism is a profession where you pay your dues. You would probably start doing the little thing. Um, and Metro News 1 doesn't strike me as a very, you know, serious newscast. <laughs> no, they're not covering the UN and they're not really covering other stuff, which is which is fine. Like, that's their jam. I can talk about journalism all day. Robin is more contemptuous of this position than maybe she should be, especially being 25. And we, we find out later, obviously, that she has outsized plans of fame, having been a, a teenage pop star in Canada. 
And she kind of expected this to be a bigger position than it ended up being. So question for you, would you read or watch a story about a kid caught in a crane machine? Oh, absolutely. I love stupid stuff on the internet. And you know what? Honestly, the other thing about this is this is before there was stupid shit. on. I mean, there was always stupid shit on the internet, but this is 2005. It's before BuzzFeed made stupid shit on the internet, like the number one goal of every... (laughs) Right. Yeah, at this point, you still had to go to a news source to get the source for these types of stories. Like, whoever reported on this Mm -hmm. is who would be carrying this story. Right. So Um, before everything was retweeted and shared and... I mean, and there were news um, aggregators. Um, Google News, I believe, existed, but wasn't huge. Uh, we had Fark, Fark at this point. Yep. Reddit wasn't around. Um, uh, I mean, I think 4chan would have been the thing in 2005. Yeah, because 4chan, 4chan hit in late 2013. Oh. And 4chan, I mean, 4chan, you know, B was never good, but it was still a thing for a while. So I think, like, my point is that Robin's working at a local news station, and this is pretty new. Like, I don't know. It's like the dog bites man, the man bites dog form of journalism. Like, you're looking at something that's unique and would be interesting to local viewers. Like, I know it's not the New York Times and it's not CNN, but it's something that's interesting that will get people talking. Like, I feel like an asshole. I'm arguing the, the journalistic merits of, a, of this story. But, I mean, there's certainly something to knowing your viewers and what they're interested in and, like, throwing them a bone every now and then. I don't know. I would cover the shit out of this. I would want, my like, my reporters to cover the shit out of this story and get photos and videos and just, like, put it all online and just, oh, I don't know. I would, like, I would eat this up. Um, and that probably makes me a terrible journalist. But, you know, when you work in local news, you have to make it relevant to people who live there. Right. Yeah. Um, and I imagine that New York, as big as it is, is still just as much of a challenge to gain a local audience as anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, all journalism is local. Like, yeah. if you're not making it relevant to people's lives, you're not your job. And is it sensational? Yes. Is it stupid? Probably. I mean, I'm not saying it's more important than, like, an in-depth piece about whatever. There's lots of things that could be, like, that would be more important. But journalism isn't a financial crisis. Giving readers a reason to tune in or read the paper is important. So I'm going to go on team, like, Robin needs to shut her whore mouth and, like, just do her job. Um, You know? I have one other question Mm -hmm. about Robin as a journalist. So we know that Ted, Lily, and Marshall all went to college together. Mm -hmm. We know what they all went to college for. Mm -hmm. What about Robin? Did she go to journalism school? I don't like, know. We never hear much. We know she went to college. We do know she went to college. That's really about it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's all we kind of know. Yeah, she never says if she went to journalism school. I kind of have this vision that it's like she has like this Sarah Palin-esque communications degree. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, I, I was actually just thinking like, you know, maybe she mm-hmm. kind of knows what she's doing and Metro News One mm-hmm. hired someone pretty to do it. Yeah. I mean, I certainly think that's that's a part of it. I mean, there were I went to journalism school, obviously, and there were stories from the broadcast department about professors just straight up telling women that they weren't pretty enough to be in broadcast news. I have no idea if any of them were true, but like that was something that they talked about. And certainly if you I mean, if you watch national news, like especially on cable, like the women all kind of look alike. It's a little creepy and weird. 
Oh. They all kind of look like Megyn Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, they, they all kind of look alike. I mean, especially on Fox, but Fox is not news. So I think, you know, being a ratings-focused visual medium, there is a certain aesthetic that broadcast is going for. Um, Robin wants to be famous. Robin is obviously very pretty. She knows she can be successful because she was a star. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. She she clearly, like, you know, and this is something that I do sympathize with. She had hopes for this job that didn't really pan out. Mm-hmm. But, like, maybe yeah. she... I mean, I guess we never really see her... Um, I mean, at least not in early episodes. Um, we will get to the episode where she starts sabotaging her news, her, her broadcast. <laughs> um, we'll get to that. Um, because she's frustrated. Um, but at this point... I mean, and I guess she's talking to her friends and like all journalists talk shit to their friends. Like it's just a thing. But you just kind of, you know, you just kind of have to wonder like, you know, she doesn't even like defend what she's doing. She doesn't think she's doing a good job. Um, She clearly thinks she's above this. And I'm not sure she is, is kind of the point. Right. But yeah, that kid stuck in a crane machine. I mean, I get so many page views. Oh my God. Yes, exactly. People like it. It's interesting. Um, And I mean... Not only do I see it every day when I look at the analytics on the website I look at, but also, like, they've done national studies. News outlets could invest a ton of money in international reporting, foreign bureaus, in-depth investigative pieces, but it's nothing compared to a simple crime story or a kid caught in a crane machine or man bites dog. I mean, it's just nothing like it. I mean, seriously, readers do not read that like vegetable news they just don't want it they don't care the the people that do want that are going to read it regardless you don't have to pull in people that genuinely want to catch up on world events right they're going to seek it out anyway and that's all still there yes but you know that audience is shrinking which is alarming on so many levels we have a very educated populace that does not care about like current events in the world more and more um but yeah i mean study after study has shown that these these like hard news stories that robin wants to report and i think all journalists you know really aspire to work on the 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 audience just isn't there to really justify the time and it's unfortunate because it not only damages you know journalism and our audience and like all this stuff but it like it damages our democracy i'm sorry this this podcast got really fucking heavy so the characters we haven't talked about yet, Lily and Marshall, they just got engaged. Yay! They did. Yeah, Lily is probably one of the just, like, most identifiable pieces. I mean, at least for me. <laughs> Not that I'm engaged, but, like, man, she just wants to bone. God, I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> Do you really think your mom watches this, reads this, listens to this? God damn it. What media are we? What media are we? I want to say no, because I just called her and talked to her for an hour. On, and, like, I know she reads my tweets and we didn't talk about it. She, we didn't talk about it at all. She didn't even mention it. I think she's in denial that I do this. Um, she's probably embarrassed of you. She's so embarrassed by me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think eventually, once I, once I post episode two, she will listen to this. And she'll know. I really identified with Lily wanting to bone Marshall, like, all the time. I've been there, man. It's the struggle. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just going to let you keep going for a minute. This is fun. <laughs> no, I think I'm done. Okay. Um, but this is also one of the first portrayals we have of Marshall as a law student. That's true. And he is 
easily distracted. So My easily. God, he's easily distracted. In his defense, I'm pretty sure that when I was in grad school, I really wanted to party way more than write a paper. 20-page papers fucking suck. Although, you do realize eventually that, like, in, in undergrad, like, five pages is so long. But when you get to grad school, 20 pages is so short. <laughs> yeah, we should let our, our audience know. One of us went to grad school. Hi, that the was The other me. did not. <laughs> so, yeah. Aaron went to grad school. And Aaron had to write all these papers. Oh, it was terrible. But, but awesome. I just have to hear about it from other people that went to grad school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that Marshall's struggle is also deeply amusing because it's... Because the last thing anyone, any sane person wants to do is sit down and write a 20-page paper. And he keeps trying. And, like, he's, like, trying to be focused. And, like, here's his beautiful girlfriend just trying to, like, get in his pants. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I and also his friend sabotaging of... his efforts with his part with a party. Marshall can't win in this episode. Sorry. Yeah, no, Ted's the worst, and this I think this is why. So all of the people that I've known that have gone to law school, they either live alone mm-hmm. or with other law schools. I don't know if it's that way with other grad school things. Which actually, I there's a I have a group of friends that are into historic preservation. And all live together in a house down the street. Like, I I have a feeling that it might go beyond, you know, people with, like, interests gravitating towards each other. It's, it's like, um, well, I mean, here's the thing about grad school. It's a bunch of people who moved to a town, like, usually in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, who don't know anyone else except themselves and other fellow grad students. So the living arrangements usually, unless, like, you move in with a like unless you have a significant other like you're mostly living with people who you met through grad school like a lot of people i knew like when they found out they were accepted like we started a facebook group and that's how everyone found roommates there you go and i guess that is uh how marshall is Mm -hmm. different um aside from the fact that you know new york is not bumfuck nowhere of course it is not bumfuck nowhere (laughs) but ted and marshall moved to new york together after undergrad mm-hmm. with lily right we think who lived elsewhere though right she had her own apartment she's from brooklyn <laughs> yep oh yeah so she was just moving home yeah she moved ho- she moved to her hometown uh, well i guess yeah. she moved to manhattan and I, my understanding is that brooklyn and manhattan are two different places anyway the yeah to, i'm sure to the to people there they are but yeah. not to us not it's, to us no. Being ignorant Midwesterners who think New York City is one place. Anyway. Right. But Marshall, like, he just lived and worked for a while before mm-hmm. going to law school. He does. We think about three we, years, We right? see him later working at the... Structure. Yes. <laughs> he sells vests at Structure in yes. the early 2000s. Which is hilarious wow. because vests were, like, not a good look, but everybody wore them. It's so true. they were, like, spot on with that cultural reference. I definitely had a vest. It was a thing. I'm assuming you had one, too. No, actually, I didn't. It was definitely a man thing. Fine. Okay. I mean, I had some terrible fashion. Like, some really super terrible fashion. But vests were not in it. Anyway. Um. <coughs> so, yeah. So, Ted and Marshall living together while Marshall is in gra- in law school is a, you know, is a little off to begin with. And... You know, then, yeah, you've got Lily in the mix, which at this point, 
I assumed that she lived there. And yeah. It isn't until later that we find out that she has her own apartment. Yeah. You know, and, and they, you know, they do that with the kids, too. Like, the kids mm -hmm. say, oh, I thought, you know, she lived with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, they do, I think they conceal that deliberately. So you've got the constant distraction for Marshall of his best friend, Ted, and then his fiance trying to bone him constantly. So, yeah, I think he deserves God, to be God, what a sad nice. life he lives. <laughs> I mean, he's being a mensch for Ted in some yeah. ways. Um, until he just completely embarrasses Ted in front of Robin. In, in party number three party number three can you imagine throwing three parties in a row like what is ted i don't even want to say what is ted thinking because we all know exactly what ted's thinking but what an idiot right i mean i've yeah no i've i've thrown parties before i've thrown one day parties i've thrown really awesome parties but they don't last for three days no no, God, no. I don't even know that many people. I, I can't imagine liking enough people to throw a three-day party. Well, hell, look at, you know, look at what party number three was. Yeah. They do kind was... of realistically scale down. But I think yeah. even party number three was more successful than it should have been, especially for a Sunday night. <laughs> right. Like, why would that girl that Barney hooked up with have been back the third night? Why would Carlos have been Why there? Why was Carlos there? We never find out who Carlos is. Very frustrating. Right. I mean, we see him, but we don't know how he knows anyone. Right. They never explain Carlos. Nope. So, I mean, theory... And they never give her a name. They never give her a name. Um, I mean, did Barney just, like, start randomly inviting people? Maybe? Maybe. I think, I think so. Barney yeah. must have. I imagine that one of the women Barney invited... Also invited Carlos, and yeah. Carlos invited this girl. Yeah. Anyway. We're at least three layers deep now. Right. Yeah, and then he says, I mean, so so Marshall. Um, you know, the more I think about it, the more I question that Marshall was a good student in law school. And this is not a great introduction to him because he, you know, at the end of the bar, he says, I'm going to drink this. I'm going to finish this beer. I'm going to have another beer. I'm going to write a, I'm going to write a 20 page paper. And in the end, an A, because my name's Rufus, and that's the Trufus. And then cool. Bob Saget says, he got a B-. minus, But still, the kid was good. The kid was not good. <laughs> a B-, minus, and we're one minuses don't exist in grad school. I guess I can't specifically speak to law school because I did not go to law school. Um, but a B was, like, failing. Like, if you got a B, that was a bad day. That was a super so, bad day. <laughs> so I had... So many friends that went to law school, mm -hmm. um, like all at the same time. And I can safely say that if people had, like, if Marshall consistently got beat, uh, he would be on the verge of, like, dropping out constantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, someone, I know someone that his first year of law school, he got B's and a C. And he spent the rest of law school trying to make sure that he... It's rough. Yeah. Like, like you know, we kind of get to... I guess, like, a very popular media narrative is that millennials are so coddled. And, like, they have these plus and minuses and grades are inflated. Like, in grad school, grades are not inflated. Like, he is not a typical... He's not just a college student. 
So I would just, I mean, I would chalk it up to inaccuracies based on a bunch of writers who just were trying to make, to translate it to people who wouldn't know that. And C's are failing in grad school. Like, if you got a C, you failed. Like, there was no D's, there were no F's. Like, a C is a failing grade in grad school, at least in my grad school. Yeah, it's rough. Um, and I'm sure they curved it. I don't know. I just kind of have questions about Marshall and his and his studiousness. Um. <laughs> and I think we'll find out more of that later. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he passes the bar, but he also, you know, he also ends up kind of doing the Robin thing with some of his jobs. Like, I, I want to smack everyone at some point and just say, just shut up and do your job. I think yes and no, because obviously, like, we complain about our jobs to our friends and like, right. you know, we've had all, I think we've, we've all had really bad jobs, um, especially like straight out of school. But I mean, we can certainly parse that later. Like, you know, I don't really want to say it's entitlement, but you know, we just have this expectation that, you know, it's almost about the, the difference between like expectations and reality. We expect things to be good and they're not. <laughs> yeah. Everything and I mean, yeah. And you're right. I mean, we are, you know, we're watching a show about people talking to their friends mm-hmm. we you know it's not necessarily them preaching to the audience right they're not telling the audience their job sucks you know and they're complaining about it and they deserve better they're talking to their friends right their friends are going to commiserate regardless mm-hmm. you can complain about work and move on right uh speaking of moving on moving on kid gets out of the crane machine yes and he got to keep all the toys because he peed on everything. He peed on everything. That's gross. Kids so are gross. gross. Kids are dumb. Kids are the worst. I'm with Robin. <laughs> nope. Kid gets out and then Robin shows up to the party. Yes. Day three. And they go up to the roof. Well, actually, Carlos takes her up to the roof and Ted, like, I mean, because he's the hero, this is a narrative device. He's just like, hey, can we have a minute? And, like, Carlos is like, yeah, sure. Like, I don't know. I don't know, Carlos. Maybe he's just a mensch. Could be. Could be. I don't know. Ted and Robin in this episode have almost a relationship, have the, like, the relationship-defining conversation. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah, because, you know, Ted is obviously super into her. Robin is obviously kind of into Ted, but yeah, realizes that he's way more into her than she is into him. Yeah. I mean, I think she's certainly intrigued and a little, like, I think she's a little enamored. But, I mean, he told her, like, look at this from Robin's perspective. She meets this great guy. They have a wonderful date. He tells her that he loves her on the first date. <laughs> like, yep. Ted! He Yeah, that first date went so well. Like, they were back at her place. They were about to go to Bone Town and, <laughs> you know. And then he just says the worst possible thing. The worst possible thing. Like, who says that? Right. Is the answer. It's a little awkward, but she says, yeah, I'd love to come to this party. She spends three days apologizing for not attending. Um, she finally shows up, realizes that Ted has thrown three days of party for her because he's going full boil. And then, like, they have this conversation about how Ted is so into her and she only see like that they what they want is different right and that just plays out right yeah because i mean and she even said she says i either we get married or i break your heart right which as we you know as we now know 
both happened or you know not necessarily marriage but you know they do eventually get together and we're assuming stay together at the end but she breaks his heart so many times so many times because ted is so into her and like she just i mean i i said i i'm kind of like with robin on this one you know i think most 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 reasonable people should be you know ted Ted has ted has his moments and there's obviously something endearing about Ted to Robin because she keeps going back, but she also doesn't. She never goes full in. Well, here's really. well, I would like to suggest that she doesn't go full in until they're on the same page with how they want their lives to go. Yeah. Like, she knows that Ted wants to get married and have kids and live in the suburbs and have two dogs, and she just doesn't want that. So she knows that as much as she likes Ted, it's just not going to work. So I think she holds back until the very end when Ted has gotten everything that he wanted and tragically lost the love of his life when, you know, maybe Robin being exposed to the kids for... (laughs) six years and you know having been like there for ted after the death of his wife it's it's when they want the same things that they can be together and be together forever and last forever that's that's their time then yeah and that's why you know then you know ted showing up outside of her window out of the blue with the blue french horn with the blue french that's not creepy creepy at that point point. that's That's just sweet. sweet it's sweet yes because, because we, we all realize that, that at that point that that's, that's what, what they, they both want. Right. But, but any, any other, other time when, when Ted is pulling this crap for the rest of the series, it, it's, it's always a little cringy because we, we know that they don't want the same things. And it's so much crap. Oh, my God. Ted, 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 Ted. I mean, I know without it we wouldn't have a show. But seriously, Ted. Seriously. So something that was very moving to me about the finale was the opening scene where Robin kind of articulates that she's been here in New York since April and she doesn't really have any friends. And then, you know, she gets up and she, you know, she goes to help Ted with, with the, the drinks and, and Lily turns to them and says, I like her. You don't get to bone her. <laughs> because apparently boning is the theme of this episode. <laughs> but I think, I mean, obviously the internet and we have concluded that this, that opening scene in the finale di- is occurs directly after the ending of Purple Giraffe. Yes, yeah, it happens during that scene at the bar. Um, which I think is interesting, because I think both of us would say this is like a Ted being an idiot, kind of almost a throwaway episode. You know, in the way that series at the beginning of their runs need to kind of articulate the premise and... You know, at the beginning of the episode, they obviously give you, like, a full rundown on the pilot and what the premise of the show is. It's almost like pilot point two, (sighs) except worse. They choose this episode to connect to the finale. And in the finale, the episode becomes about, like, how Robin joins the group and becomes friends with everyone. It's Robin's, like, how I met everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. They They gave Lily a really terrible wig. In the, in the finale it doesn't look at all like her hair <laughs> and they're normally so good at that sort of continuity yeah i mean and that was that was a little disappointing but no it's i was so surprised when when the you know when i was watching the finale and they tied it back to this i was just so impressed with how they brought it back yeah. to, to something 
so unimportant. It, it was just Ted hitting on Robin. Which a lot of the first season is Ted hitting on Robin. Right. And most of the first season is kind of throwaway. A little bit. I mean, we'll get to some more important stuff, but, you know, I think you could pick, like, six episodes that give the story of season one. Yeah. But I think also they had so much time in season nine that they were deliberately mining, the like, the first season for these moments. Like, I think we like when we get there, we will find that season nine just like wants to rehash the first season so deeply probably preparing us for the finale oh you mean we should have seen it coming well we did so high five um yeah so i don't think this is an important early episode but i i thought it was very thoughtful that they um they tied it into the finale one of the things that you know we just kind of because it's a sitcom except that of course robin becomes part of the group she's a character and ted wants to bang her so like this works just fine but like robin has her own motivations for for wanting to be with these people and wanting to wanting to hang out with them and like she's looking for a group of friends she's lonely and you know she's in a new place she's in a new country and that like it makes it you know, something that, you know, in the first season, and especially, I mean, I think in the first series, seasons, seasons, I should say, like, you know, Robin is a MacGuffin, and, you know, they do a really good job in later seasons of fleshing her out, whereas I think Rob, like, someone like Barney gets more cartoonish, um, and even Marshall to a certain extent. I mean, Marshall stays pretty grounded, but, like, he does, you know, the men kind of start getting these weird affectations because it's a sitcom, but, like, the women get very real in the later seasons. What do you think? Yeah, no, I I agree, especially Lily. Lily hasn't said anything t- hasn't done anything terrible yet. So, when we get to Lily's crime at the end of the first season, we'll be able to talk a lot about Lily's arc. <laughs> right. But I mean, we're seeing early that that, you know, Robin has some character development to do. And they certainly I think make some I don't want to say gaffes, but you know, there's some continuity errors with Robin and just like kind of some early stuff that like they didn't really work into the mythology well. But all in all, everything fits together in a certain way. Do we agree too much? Well, well for, for now, now, I think, I think we, we, do. we do. Yeah. We'll, it's early. We'll, we'll get there. I mean, when we start getting more into Lily's character, that's where we're going to see some more disagreement. Yeah, I think so. At least initially. Yeah. I was not Lily's biggest fan for a while because I I refused to, like, really delve into her character for a while. And I just thought she was selfish. But we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of interesting stuff, I think, to unpack with Lily and Robin and their development. Robin's plotline is a little more developed because she's very closely tied to Ted, but she's not just like what Ted wants because she's almost like the voice of reason. And Lily will occasionally be that as well. You know, I mean, she does call Ted the most casual stalker ever. But, you know, like her main plot line in this episode is that she wants to have sex with Marshall all the time. So at this point, like the women are still being very much defined by the men. And that right. will change. Like, yes, very, very quickly. Very quickly. Which is to How I Met Your Mother's credit, I think. Yeah, a lot of shows would not make that change mm-hmm. at all with a lot of the female character. Um, and the ones that do, it's going to take a while. Yeah, and they just, they do, I think, a really good job of of really leaning on this. And it's something that Robin hints at, um, but they really lean on this tension between, you know, family and career, you know, mm-hmm. ambition, 
and security. And, and I think as soon as the show starts introducing other, uh, you know, love interests for Ted is actually when we start seeing the development of the female characters more quickly. Yeah. Robin does not put up with it when, yeah, you, you get Robin being catty to Victoria when she comes in, but when Ted pulls his shit uh, with Victoria, Robin doesn't put up with that. No. No, we, we see that development very quickly. Yeah, which is good. Like it's, it's yes. it makes it a more it makes it interesting into the tetometer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so this was this was a fun episode. Ted was a creep. Uh, really, Ted was only kind of a creep, but no, Ted was actually a major creep. So I'm gonna give Ted like a like a because it just it just got worse and worse. Like if it would have just been Ted throwing a party to meet her, okay, he can he can do that once, and it's creepy, but it's not that creepy. But then he then keeps, he keeps doing, doing it. He keeps doing it. I mean, I think I also have some issues with his method of getting in contact with her, which is watching her on the news and then, like, going to meet her while she's working. Stay away from her. She's got shit to do. I mean, I'm assuming he has her phone number. Can't he just invite her to a party? Can't he? No, he's trying to be cool, which is a whole other discussion that we didn't really get into. Can Ted be cool? No, he cannot. <laughs> no, no, he can't. Yeah. Ted and his fucking drafting board. <laughs> God Ugh. damn it, Ted. So fucking I would give Ted. Ted a three. I mean, like I said, okay. this is kind of the introduction to full boil, creepy Ted, which, you know, I don't know if the, the creators were trying to make us hate him this early. I mean, obviously, a lot of the discussion around How I Met Your Mother is like, do you really want to root for Ted? Like, he's kind of a dick. Yeah. But I do think he, ultimately that you do. But they introduce this, like, weird, creepy side to him very early, especially in his all-encompassing obsession. Right. So is it brave or do they think it's charming? Like, I can't tell with the writers, at least not at this point. 2000, what was this, 2005 was a different time. I mean, the, like, the public discourse certainly was different. I mean, I think. Yeah. And it's something I think they, they weren't really expecting. I mean, they, they got a lot of flack on the Internet in 2013, 2014 for one of the episodes in season nine, um, which I'm sure we'll get there. Um, yeah. But like, you know, that kind of comment gallery wasn't as widely reported on. Right. Yeah. You just, I don't know. I, I think that it was... At the time, it was probably presented more throwaway. Yeah, like, he's it's it's a plot device. It's not, a, like, I think they thought it was a, a funny plot device, not a symptom of Ted being a total creeper. And then they right. just, like, kind of throw out a few references to him being a stalker to just kind of, like, be funny. Like, they're being funny when Lily says, you'll be the, you'll be the, you'll be the most casual stalker ever. Right. It's a joke. So we're not supposed to think he's being a stalker. But he is, right? Yeah. Dabbler yep, Dahmer. <laughs> yeah. If Robin was not into this, she'd be getting a restraining order. So she very yep. clearly is into this. But still, like, three, Ted, three, you just met this girl. Right. Scale it back. This is pretty, pretty think, out there. Yeah, think of, think of her. Think about her feelings. You're showing up at her work. So, yeah, we're kind of, we're pretty much on the same page then with, with Ted. He's, and we'll, uh. We'll keep watching that as the time goes on. Meters four. Uh, I guess that'll wrap it up today. We 
have put another hour on this. But there was a lot to say. Yeah. But go ahead and give us your feedback. Uh, If you think that we spent too much time on this episode, tell us. If you think that we missed some things, tell us. Uh, Any comments are more than welcome. Uh, Hit us up uh, on our website at thereReturn.com. And uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at thereReturn. Be sure to leave us your comments. I would love to hear your law school stories. Like, how fast can you write a paper and get an A? Like, seriously. I don't think he can do it overnight. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he could either. So, thank you for listening in. Um, I'm Aaron. Great talking Uh, to you guys. And I'm Lear. And he's Lear. Um, And we will hopefully talk to you next week, where I believe we we will be going to Philadelphia. Philly! Philly! All right, we'll see you later, guys.